This is Ground Control. Ground Control. This is Ground Control with Dina Eden. Stephen Ford. This is Ground Control with Sarah Adams. Recorded at Groundwork Co-working Space in downtown New Bedford, Mass. Okay, ready? My guest today is Carl Simmons, man, musician, historian. Am I leaving anything out, Carl? <laughs> no. No, yeah, we've covered it. <laughs> we've covered it. <laughs> Listeners should know that this uh, podcast of Ground Control in New Bedford Now is on its third recording. <laughs> We're going to do it till we get it right. We've been suffering technical difficulties. We blamed it on the absence of a technician, but now we have one. And it appears... Competency of the technician. <laughs> and it appears she's fired. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> Carl, <Yes. laughs> Carl, Carl is our the guest today. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Carl, right before this pod- podcast, I uh, referred to you as a grassroots renaissance man. And that line went over really yeah, well. That was really work. great. Yeah. I had some kind of funny uh, yeah. retort, I think. Yeah. That I don't. You know, it's gone now. You've had plenty of time. This is our third yeah. recording. <laughs> We're going to we'll expect new, more from we'll you We'll have new time. retorts. Okay. So, um, no, but you, you, I mean, you've done a lot. You do a lot throughout the city, and this is what brought, brought you to my attention, you know, many people's uh, attention, because uh, you're a musician, as I noted. Uh, you really take a deep dive into New Bedford history, some very interesting aspects that other people might overlook. Sure. And uh, you, you know, you're a performance artist, and uh, all of this stuff combines into the person we know as Carl Simmons, who's a very interesting guy. And we're happy to have you here. Thank yeah, you for glad coming to be here. in. Again, 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 right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's start with the music. Sure. Okay. Now. Your stuff, I mean, you write all your own stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you performed here at Groundwork one time, I was kind of blown away because, I, you know, I, I thought you were doing covers of Woody Guthrie material. I mean, it was really, I mean, the lyrics were great. The, you know, the music was so fantastic. And um, so, yeah, no, it's really good. We all really enjoyed your performance here. And uh, when did you start making music? Um, I think after high school, I started yeah. recording. Uh, writing songs, writing my own songs, but and also recording happened at the same time. I was immediately recording everything I wrote mm-hmm. uh, with uh, you know a little Tascam, which was the go-to four-track at the time, cheap, oh, you know, okay. affordable. This is back in the late '90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, mid no. to late '90s. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I just fell in love with that idea of. Uh, I think I had actually heard some recordings that my family had done one Christmas and, uh, you know, just hanging around singing songs, just goofing off, being goofy. And that was really what was the impetus for me to start recording as well. Like, I just uh, loved that tape so much. I just wanted to, you know, Mm -hmm. make my own tapes. Uh, So so that was the uh, impetus for making music. Who were your musical influences? Like I referenced, like so your your work reminded me of uh, Woody Guthrie and mm-hmm. you know, that style, that American folk style. Um, does that influence your songwriting? Now more than it did then. Yeah. Then it was um, my buddies. You know, we were writing. Yeah. All my recordings were for my friends. Uh, my friend Gabe Sullivan, uh, who was in Western Mass, 
it was this is brilliant songwriter uh, recorder almost you know again it's about it was about uh, the recording and he improvised most of his songs and I uh, played an auto harp and uh, did multi tracks as well but at that time when I first started it was just for my friends, you know, to share tapes. You've made tapes. You made right, your album yeah. on a tape, a 90-minute tape, because... The old mixtapes, right, yeah. Yeah, and that too. I was making a lot of mixtapes, as we all mm -hmm. did, but then I would have an original song on it. And then the next mm -hmm. mixtape would have three original songs on it, and basically my mixtapes morphed into my albums, right. which I'm actually thinking about releasing some of those at Purchase Street Records, just for free. I didn't know that was a thing, because I'm so out of touch with the world. But it's not the real thing in hip-hop, right? Where you just put out mixtapes for free, because they have samples or whatever. Right. I learned this in you know reading one website or something. I'm not an expert, but I had never released this stuff out because it has like a whole Donovan song on the thing, or you know, or there's like a Beatles song playing in the background or something. Right, and that's but why it's free. If, yeah, but if I just gave it away. Yeah. Sure. I, I'm sure it's not something that everyone is going to need to have, but there might be like one or two people that get well, inspired by it. People enjoy you, uh, seeing you live, and you said you perform live about three to four times a year, and you have a performance coming up in April at No Problemo. We think so. Yeah. yeah I think that's the date. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll give you that date for sure. Um, okay. Uh, and that's going to be a benefit to uh, purchase some... DVDs, nonfiction uh, films for the New Bedford Free Public Library, some uh, activist-related material. Teach people how to be become uh, activists based on these stories. That, you know what's come before us. Right. right. You know, like and, you may, yeah, and you like can take a nod, and hopefully yeah. we can turn yeah. it into something now. Yeah, yeah, it's a good time for that, obviously. Um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let listeners know about that. I'll write about it for the uh, blog that we yeah, do in the Bedford Coworking. Yeah, 28th or 29th. Yeah, uh, I'll put yeah. it on there. We do weekend picks, so we'll be sure to let uh, everyone know so they can go see you, grab a great burrito uh, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But listen to you. <laughs> That's well, no thing. problem. Yeah, we yeah. talked about that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a listening audience, but yeah. for this, I will. I know I won't have one, but... Right. The, and it's, a small, you know, it's an intimate it's venue. A different, so, it's it's yeah. about the... Right. Fundraiser. Yeah. About. Well, you're going to have a captive audience now because we're going to take a little break uh, and have a musical interlude. Uh, Carl has uh, supplied us with a recording of one of his songs, Hey Now My Little Daughter, I believe. Uh, we're going to play that for you and then return to the conversation. So here's Carl. <laughs> Let's walk through the woods together 
to the Pasco Mayon River, the origin of memory. Friends of the New Bedford Public Library. Mm. Okay. And uh, you've kind of like uh, taken charge of their Facebook page and you're posting lots of good things there and people should search for that on Facebook. Lots of uh, nice, you know, historical items, trivia, and things that happening at the library and things about the library. Uh, you've also put together this area in the library where people can buy books, used books, and vinyl, and and very carefully curated, some really good items there. I bought a few books already. Right. Yeah. 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 That, that was in place, but I've gotten a chance to kind of curate this, uh, some of the stuff coming in. And get, yeah, get and promote it through the Facebook page, too. Which yeah. Good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's a way to get um, books into the library that... Um, the cream of the crop become part of the circulating collection. It's right, because you take donations. If anyone listening would like to donate, you know, you can uh, contact Carl. Yeah, or get in touch, and, or yeah, if you want to just drop them at the library and leave a note saying for the friends of the mm-hmm. library, uh, I'll pick them up. And yeah, so. that's important because you know the library has limited resources. So if you know if someone's purchased a, a new or best-selling book or something that should be in this um, permanent collection. You can donate it. The library will make it available to patrons for free because it's a free, yeah. free public library. We just I just dropped off a bunch, and it was from a, a anonymous 
donor, nice. but it was all... That was me. Really? No. Oh, was it? <laughs> no. no. Well, I know who it was, because I went to their house yeah. and got the books. But um, these great art books that, uh, you know, it's more like UMass uh, type of book, well, you know, well, yeah. like more on the uh, university or college level. But I am hoping to kind of bring that to the circulating collection at the main library to have that type of material. To, yeah. I... I I would love it as much as I have a say in the matter, as much as I can do any action to have it help it happen, to make it an inspiring place to go. Mm-hmm. Just browse and you know get inspired to make make some art based on something you see oh, yeah. in the collection. Well, we have great libraries here in New Bedford. You know, the the branch libraries are fantastic, and the main library is just so beautiful. It's a great place. And yeah, it's yeah. a wonderful building. Oh, yeah, I love them. I'm glad. So that's a good thing that you're doing there. So Daniel Ricketson. <laughs> yeah, that is my James Lipton impression. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that allows you to combine two passions: the library, oh yeah, and history. Yeah, maybe three archaeology. Uh, archaeology, right? Okay, landscape, just landscape in general. Four, all your passions all the in one. In, well, and that's what yeah. we're talking about. You know, yeah. What Rickinson is for me is just like, like he was a gateway to like all of this stuff you know he mm-hmm. just covers all the bases if you look at daniel you're looking at a lot of for New those Bedford. we should tell listeners who may not know who daniel ricketson is. oh ricketson 101 yeah um, yeah, yeah 101 uh, he was uh lived from 1813 to 1898 he was uh was that wrong <laughs> that was him <laughs> 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 um, or I won the prize. Um, Brooklawn Park was his estate. He lived at Brooklawn mm-hmm. from 1854 to 1875. He was a poet and a historian and a uh, was f- mostly famous for his friends, really, outside of New Bedford. His, he was friends with Henry David Thoreau. And um, Thoreau visited him a few times, about six or seven times. And uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson actually visited him as well, and Bronson Alcott, Louis Amey's dad. Um, so just someone that was really connected and passionate about the literature of the time and mm-hmm. philosophy, philosophers of the time, and naturalists, uh, you know, a transcendentalist. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, the transcendentalist scene and the abolition yeah. scene. He was an abolitionist for sure. Mm. Um, it was a very learned, learned uh, group there. Yeah, yeah, wild, right? What was in the water and conquered. Yeah, I know. yeah. Um, so that's who Daniel Rickinson is, and what you've done is um, unearthed a lot of uh, artifacts at Brooklyn Park from when he lived there. Right. And you've created, um, uh, dis- you've di- created um, exhibit of them that is now at uh, the main branch library. Or? Well, it was. It's, it was okay. only up for a brief time, but okay. uh, the material will be the repository is the main branch of the library. They okay. will have all that material for future study cool. and for future exhibits. Maybe if okay. I give a different way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, what did yeah. you find that really like that was kind of cool? I mean, on like day two, um, Jen, one of the Archaeologists found uh, a door handle, the shanty. Oh wow! Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and we found a lot of ceramics and pipes, and we know he smoked uh, oh, pipes. Wow. He yeah. had a manuscript called uh, "Smoke from My Pipe." That's a lost manuscript. 
so when we found a pipe, it was, you know, we chuckle and, you know, because yeah. we have that reference. Mm-hmm. Um, and we found a, a lightning rod, the ground for a lightning rod uh-huh. in, in, embedded in the foundation structure. And we know that Rickinson was deathly afraid of lightning. Hmm. Um, Thoreau wrote about that. And uh, so, again, it's like it has that story when it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's an object, but you also can connect right. it straight to his fears. Yeah. It's a really interesting oh, thing. Oh, that's very interesting, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we did that for two years. Uh, mm-hmm. We dug and, you know, the foundation got unearthed and usually you cover those things back up again, but we're actually leaving it as a uh, sort of a memorial uh, to him, the stones that were uncovered. It's oh, okay. an intact uh, structure. We've, and is you know, that in the wood wooded uh, section of the park? No, it's no. right in the heart of uh, really? the hustle oh. and bustle. It's right oh, next wow. to the playground. Oh, okay. Yeah. Between the playground and the tennis court. Okay, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. so it's, it's oh, right neat. there. It's a miracle it existed, but yeah. it just the roadway just happened to cut right up next to, next to it. Cool. And uh, it probably would have gotten wiped away if we hadn't uh, started the project when we did. Right, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. they did a ton of work. They tore up okay. that road, they redid the right, soccer yeah. field, and uh-huh. we actually had to stop, uh, you know, bulldozers. That you've um, one instance, like, really, physically, right, like, not, <laughs> not physically, yeah. but <laughs> to stand in front and say, you know, there's something under here, and we, we have a license. We got a permit from yeah. the state to do the dig. Oh, wow. Did, uh, you, to, did you have to get rough with them? I didn't get yeah. rough with anybody. Yeah. No, I okay. wouldn't be able to get rough with anybody. Oh. Well, but man. Yeah, man. Man is on the list of your accomplishments. I can so, get rough. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, a woman can get rough, too. Oh, I'm not yeah. saying You know, we not. have a pushy woman podcast. <laughs> yeah. In fact, our technician here today. I know. Sarah. Yeah. yeah. She, oh. she can be quite rough. Yeah, right. So, all this digging led to a Daniel yeah. Rickardson festival. Sure. Correct. And which typically happens in May. Yeah. And three years is, so far. Three years so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a very unique and eclectic festival. I mm-hmm. love cool. it. I love that, that it uh, really adds a lot to the place. It's the type of thing that you that's so attached to an area, you know, that really helps define it. And uh, will there be one this year? There'll be some form of it this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm We're putting you on the spot here. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm hoping to get a guest lecturer... Uh, or two mm-hmm. to come at some point and you know mm-hmm. somehow turning it into the Rickardson Festival but okay. I, we also really like to do site specific because we have the opportunity to do right. site specific yeah. events we've done performance pieces mm-hmm. the past three years last year was very heavily uh, we had three, three pieces mm-hmm. performance pieces just because it's park that uh, we can do this stuff in and I, I like to do not just history um, the way it's always or it has been done traditionally but I kind of like to do it a little weird and we can do that with it. Kind of like a know. Hamilton vibe your own take on history? Maybe. I mean, I, I'm not familiar not with that. So much, but, but just uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I definitely how to uh, yeah. convey that without doing uh, the normal uh, living history, you know, someone as Rickardson. We've done that, but we've done, the first year we did a masked performances and mm-hmm. we made masks and did everything in like pantomime. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then the next year we had a Rickardson and Emerson piece, but they were, I went to Circa and got just kind of these flowing white gowns and made them like just these angelic figures um, and made these uh, hats with big, uh, with flowers all around them. So the festival is typically a uh, one-day festival held on Saturday, I believe. Yeah, um, well, it's... park. Free, yeah, free, we do a park yeah. day. Last year, part of the festival was the opening of that exhibit as well, mm -hmm. and I did a lecture on the dig. Uh, and Holly Herbster, the uh, archaeologist, was there as well. And cool. So, you know, I'm not tied, again, I'm not tied to any form that exists, and... I do always like to kind of change it up a little bit and not get stuck in a, a rut of how this thing is supposed to look or operate. Uh, so, and yeah, maybe one year it won't happen and that'll be a new way of doing it and then maybe it'll happen the next year. Okay. Right. So we'll stay but tuned. That's as I thing. said, like it's just something I'm going to be doing for a long time. I'm passionate about Brooklawn and Rickardson and I want to, uh, you know, like a long distance runner. Myself. Okay, you know. cool. Yeah, and just uh, for listeners who don't know, Brooklyn Park is in New Bedford's North End, where Carl grew up. So, right? Yeah. He grew up in the North End. Yeah, yeah. Grew up in the North End. So, uh, mm -hmm. up uh, up off of a cushion of Avenue, and uh, you know, beautiful park. We've got we have a lot of beautiful parks, and uh, we have a lot of beautiful history photos, and you share them liberally on Facebook. Um, which I love seeing your personal uh, Facebook page. You you know you collect a lot of this. Yeah, if it's something yeah. I've collected, I try not to yeah. publish without uh, sources. You know, right. citing the sources. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I you yeah. Know, recently got into those Spyglass, which were published in the seventies and eighties yeah. and nineties. Yeah. A period of, well then and now series right. of that, photographs. Yeah. Where the now. Is just as historic as right because at this point it's you know 30, some of these things are ago. thirty yeah. yeah, and things have changed yeah. so much in some instances. Yeah, um, and they were from the standard times, and they would take a photo from like say, um, you know, anywhere from the eighteen uh, nineties to the nineteen thirties or forties, and then compare it to current photo, right. which as you know, it would be in the 1980s when this ran. Or 70s. Or, or 70s, 90s, yeah. 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 And uh, so you have side-by-side -side photos separated by 60 years. Yeah, really interesting. And you've yeah. been scanning those and putting them on Facebook, and I, I love seeing that stuff. Yeah, I'm hoping to scan those and put them in some sort of repository, because... Uh, they really were, yeah, they're amazing So people can yeah. reference them, so yeah, uh, researchers can reference them quicker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You'll have to find one of See if you can find one in this building. I have. I, oh, you do? I, yeah, okay. there is one. It's of the house. But it's almost like nothing changed. <laughs> Maybe even now that's it's really? almost like oh, nothing that's cool. changed. Yeah. Um, on, on my first glance. Yeah. It, yeah, it looks... We're podcasting from the um, former New Bedford Textile uh, School at 1213 Purchase Street. Now it's called the Quest Center. And the first floor is where Groundwork is located. And it's a beautiful building. So, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to see, see those pictures. Um, yeah, and you post just a lot of things. They, um, you posted a, pic, a great picture and the history of a house in my neighborhood, which is so unique and so cool. And I remember growing up and riding my bike by it and walking by it and thinking, like, what a cool house. It's kind of like got all these different angles and gables and, you know, cool windows, stained glass windows, porthole windows, all kinds of stuff. And uh, you actually found out the history of that house. 
and the name of it yeah. and posted that like about six months ago on Facebook and I was fascinated. I was like, wow, okay, so that's the story behind the house. That's the type of stuff that you actively kind of look for. Things that, not the typical pretty pictures that make the guidebooks, but going a little like deeper into everyday housing and buildings yeah. in Bedford. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, which and is really interesting. Something you would maybe walk by often and maybe it's caught your eye and you mm -hmm. want to know about. Because yeah. that's what I was just in the art room and Janice Hodgson said, I had shown her some house. She said, oh, what I really want to know about is this house. And she pulled up a photo mm -hmm. of that in its original location. So then, you know, it sparked me like, that yeah. night I went home and you know mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff is just that it's just like in the moment and research. it's nice for people who follow you on Facebook like myself and oh, you know all your, all your friends that when you post like this stuff no oh, no 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 we, <laughs> no, I, we all love it because you always get feedback and uh, it's nice when we log on it's like oh that's a story behind that house or that building sure. yeah. yeah it's really interesting that, that was definitely a, a really nice surprise and uh, you know you just do that in a very uh um, just do it all the time. It's kind of neat. Whatever's catching your eye at the moment. This yeah. week it was uh, uh, kind of like a, I would kind of like the, an '80s week because you had the spyglass from the '80s and yeah. you had you know that former that old pet store on the Cushionet Avenue. Oh, I had, yeah. yeah, that was a great one. Yeah, it's a good I, had, photo. Uh, I yeah. mean, it was a um, exciting for me. I've been wanting to find a photo of that mm -hmm. yeah. pet shop. It had a very Instagram look, but ever. it was like the original Instagram because it was real. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's like a photo of the photo, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to get a scan from the owner of the photo, who was the owner of the pet oh, shop, wow. and have that at the library for... Do you search this stuff out, like, in uh, digitally, obviously, through, you know, digital comments well, and stuff like that? something like that, like that. it didn't but, doesn't yeah. exist, so... I, a buddy of mine said, I'd love to see those signs again. And I said, I, I would too. Well, they had so I researched yeah. who the owner could be because I had an old phone book mm -hmm. and their names were on the ad. Mm -hmm. And then it turned out she was a bus driver and my mom used to be a bus driver. So then I asked her if she had any mutual friends on Facebook with this person I was looking for. So, you know, it's, it just spiraled from there. Yeah. And it's always uh, unique as to yeah. how you get the information. Well, that's that uh, grassroots renaissance man I was talking about before, <laughs> you know, that historian just looking into all these, like, corners of the city that most people don't look into. You right. Know, that's, you know, that's really neat to collect. And, and uh, it'd be so neat for you to put them all together into some kind of book, or you talk about, you, you talked about previously updating Daniel Ricketson's History of New Bedford and publishing that with... Uh, not new footnotes and then oh, an annotated annotation. version, yeah, yeah. or his yeah. book of poetry that has yeah. a lot of annotation of who yeah. the poem is about, or and things can, like that. And you can do that because with social media, you know, you can reach all these people who used to live in New Bedford who live all over the country. Yeah, that's what yeah. I love about that medium. Yeah. It's just, yeah, and I've been doing a little more turning over quicker because, yeah. yeah, it's just this is what I'm doing this afternoon, and I can share it, mm -hmm. and then I'm on to the next session of the day. But somebody, you know, maybe someone found it interesting. Okay. So before we take off, is there anything else you'd like to share with listeners? Or if we covered everything, we covered man, covered musician, historian, uh, probably a lot in between. Um, performance in April at No Problemo. We will 
listeners can look for the information on our blog, newbedfordcoworking.com. Um, this year is Daniel Ricketson Day. We'll also share that information. Thank you. And, of course, people will find it. You share your stuff on Facebook, so people will find it there, too. And uh, future projects, you know, we'll, you know, we'll be happy to share. And uh, keep the fire to your feet to make sure you do them. <laughs> <laughs> You know, some performance art is thrown into that mix. Yeah, there's a lunar teeth coming up. Yeah, there's a lunar teeth. I, I yeah, hope yeah, to, uh, yeah, to do they, something. Yeah, yeah, there's a performance art showcase that takes place at the Rope Works, also in the city's north end, hosted by Andy Anello, who Andy uh, founded the uh, New Bedford Feminist Reading Group, which, you right. know, yeah, it takes place here too. So we have a great community here. Mm-hmm. Now we're all going, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we have to get you down to the uh, group one day. For reading group, it's very interesting. Yeah, and uh, so I think that's it. So thank you for thank coming you for in. Me. We're it's been Let's one do this th- again. Well, <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> Recorded at Groundwork Co-working Space in downtown New Bedford, Mass.